0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Flowering of the Human Spirit. I'm Claire Stewart and I'm going to be your host on this daily journey through August, the first August since 1947, when Edinburgh has had no festivals taking place in the city. Today I'm joined by Sandy Thompson, the director of Poor Boy, a theatre director with many years experience of the Edinburgh Fringe. And she is sharing a story with us about something that happened when her theatre company were preparing for a Fringe show nine years ago and catastrophe struck. Nine years ago today that was. Here's Sandy with a taster of, of that story.
1: In 2009, we had a major site specific show visiting nine different venues. And the day before the show, a freak storm took out absolutely everything. In three of those sites, everything that was outside got washed away. I really thought that it was game over. I sat on the back stairs of the venue and I cried because I thought I was going to have to cancel the show.
0: Stay tuned to hear about how the Edinburgh theatre community rallied together uh, in a remarkable day that certainly Sandy herself and Poor Boy we'll never forget. But first, some news on Edinburgh International Festival announcements and other goings on in the parks of Edinburgh. It's Monday, the 3rd of August, 2020 and I'm walking down Bruntsfield Links, which is adjacent to the meadows in the south side of Edinburgh and uh, it's very quiet there's a fair few cars on the road though so you might be able to hear the traffic distantly there's not a lot of people out and about just now and the occasional dog walker people are still socially distancing I've just seen some friends having a catch-up through an open window, and a little dog has just run past me out on his walk, obviously excited to be out, and I'm looking over at the castle, which normally would have some fireworks emanating from it in the coming days, and apparently Historic Environment Scotland opened the castle today to the public for the first time, so that's good news for them. Uh, We also had an announcement today from the Edinburgh International Festival that there have been secret theatre making activities going on in the theatres across Edinburgh and there actually will be uh, an Edinburgh International Festival programme going ahead after all. So I haven't had the opportunity to really read through that and dig down into the detail the way that I normally would because I have to do these things because I'm a culture vulture and a festival lover and so you know before I really would want to talk about the program I'd want to have a really good dig through but what I did see was that they have dance and uh, music contemporary and pop and rock and folk music and classical music which they usually have dance and theatre, which they usually have. They also have some work by visual artists and poetry, which they don't usually have. So that'll be interesting um, to see what happens. They're having a fantastically ambitious light show across the city. With my hat on of a festival lover, fantastic really, you know, to see that people are being paid artists are being paid to make work and put it on and there will be some form of cultural activities going on in the city and things to be seen in the city too, uh, participatory things to take part in. I'm going to shelve that hat for now and think about it from the point of view of just me the resident of Edinburgh and how I really feel about that and the Edinburgh International Festival putting on programme. I suppose the first thing that occurs to me is, well they've announced it now and it will be taking place starting from Saturday, so that's in five days' time. That's completely unavoidable of course because of the current circumstances around the pandemic and the you know not knowing whether or not it's gonna be safe to have anything going on and I'm sure they've just had to put this together really by the seat of their pants and try and make it all come together and just to keep their fingers crossed that there wouldn't be another upsurge in, in COVID-19 cases. I suppose also they're launching it in the knowledge that there still could be in the next few weeks. And there have been reports in the news that there've been a, a slight upsurge in new cases, very slight, but in Scotland there's been there have been new Diagnoses, But also, from my perspective, just as a person that lives in Edinburgh and as a a punter, the whole of this year has really shifted. So this period of time, August, I mean, across Europe, August is a month where a lot of things close down and a lot of people take time off and go on holiday. And... You know there's not really any expectation of busyness or work that's different this year everything's shifted forward because of lockdown because of things having to close and shut down and be cancelled and postponed I think I won't be alone in feeling that there's there's now a lot of things that are just beginning to be possible again and restart and so my priorities are not necessarily holidays and leisure and entertainment and so on at the moment, because it feels like a time for action for me, it feels like a time for throwing myself into certain things. There's some of the, the famous uh, Toad Cross ambulance sirens going by, you may be able to hear in the background. I really am recording this live in location in Broadsfield Brunsfield links. Now that the sirens have passed, I, I feel like that's maybe not something that I necessarily would want to do right now, it would be to go and online and watch festival performances. I mean, I've probably watched more stuff online in the past four months than I would ever have cared to, because the other festivals have also launched things online. The book festival has launched quite a ambitious program of events online, with authors from 30 countries doing a whole load of events. I can't remember how many, uh, a lot, which will be streamed online. There's also the art festival. They have commissioned artists to make work that's online. Who else? The Just festival. They have events online as well, and. Yeah, also the Just Festival actually have an exhibition in St John's Church, which I really would like to go and see actually. Looks fantastic. Props to them for going ahead with that and making that safe for people to attend. With the normal, or maybe less than normal amount of people in Edinburgh in August, rather than the usual swelling of the population, it'll be interesting to see how the events in the city are received. Um, you know, a big light show, whether that will achieve the vision of uniting people and, and I certainly will, will want to watch it and I hope that I can. Um, and I hope that I can find a place to go and do that, enjoyably. But yeah, I suppose that's that's one of the reflections on, on this year is that the whole year's shifted. You know, there's no normal school term and summer holidays and, you know, people going on holiday and having a summer away or a summer break or, you know, people who wanted to fly elsewhere to see family haven't been able to do so. All the rhythms of, of these things have been messed with. And now August for many people, myself included, is a month where a priority is is getting various work things uh, running, running again, or or picking up things that I haven't I haven't been able to push forward during the during the the lockdown proper, which we've had since March. But yeah, I mean it's I'm glad I'm really glad to see that people, artists have been getting employment because this is of course a massive crisis overall for the arts and the theatre sector, the live performance sector, because, of course, none of these things can go ahead and and they can't even be planned at the moment. And uh, it's great to see an organisation taking leadership on that. I suppose it'll just be, it'll be interesting, uh, an interesting thing to reflect upon as August goes on, whether or not those things feel like they belong to Edinburgh and tethered in Edinburgh when they are being broadcast online, and how Edinburgh and people in Edinburgh respond to them. But yeah, that's uh, that was that was the big news, the big festival-related news of the day. And you can find out more about that program on the Edinburgh International Festival's website and the Scotsman piece about it. And the Edinburgh International Book Festival's program is on their website and the just festivals program is on their website and another thing to be aware of is the fringe of color program they're doing a film program by people of color and they are looking like it's looking like a really strong program they're streaming for limited time periods over the month of august there's a couple of films on there that i've basically bookmarked that i definitely want to watch uh, they do cost money to watch, I believe, but also a very worthwhile organisation to support Fringe of Colour, what they're doing to make performers of colour more visible in the festivals and give them a community and support and to carry out activism to make the Fringe more diverse. is really, really inspiring and brilliant and I'm, I'm so glad that it's happening and it's really informed a lot of conversations this year so well done to Jess Brough who has put that all together and done a huge amount of work. Uh, So go to their website, Fringe of Colour and check out their film festival which is happening throughout August. A lot of really fantastic talent on there. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the films and perhaps later episodes I can let you know what I thought of them when I've watched them. I've walked down from Brunsfield links now to the Meadows and uh, I've seen there's lots of people out doing sporting and recreational activities, but safely socially distancing. Uh, There's some people practicing kendo. There's some people doing some sort of ab workout uh, on some yoga mats. And yeah, I've seen lots of people out walking in need of a haircut myself included. And there's also an unusually high number of puppies. There's a lot of people who seem to have gotten a lockdown puppy around here. And maybe they always wanted a puppy. I think that's really nice. All the people who always wanted to have a puppy if they had more time and they were going to be at home more are getting puppies now. Another regular fixture of the Meadows these days is a certain comedian who is a, an Edinburgh institution who has been spotted and, quite frankly, is being discussed in uh, local community Facebook groups because uh, he keeps on being seen cycling round the Meadows with no hands on the handlebars. Uh, I don't know why that's discussion worthy but I just spotted him there. And I'm not going to dis- disclose his identity. You may speculate if you wish, I don't want to infringe on his privacy, but there you go, that's what comedians are doing, if you want to know, uh, instead of fringe, they are cycling around the meadows with no hands. to find out if our Velocipedian comedian also does wheelies with no hands. Only kidding. Here's Sandy Thompson with her remarkable story of fringe drama of a different kind from nine years ago today when she was prepping to get ready for the fringe which is usually what is going on right now in Edinburgh. Here's Sandy.
1: So, a fringe memory that I will never forget. Nine years ago today, I arrived at our venue two days before the show was due to open. And floods and hailstorms, because it's Scotland and the weather does that, had knocked out and wrecked every artwork, set and prop piece for Blood and Roses in three different locations. Blood and Roses was an ambitious site-specific promenade show that went across nine sites. But these three outdoor protected but outdoor spaces were where the majority of the show was constructed. And I'm not going to lie, I just sat on the back stairs of our venues and I just cried. <laughs> like, I wept. Because I had just didn't know how I was going to fix it. I mean, it seemed like it was impossible to fix. And and I, you know, had been in theatre a long time by that time and everybody's had hard shows, but there is always a way that you fix it. We're not not geared up for the idea that things won't happen. So, you know, and the, the implications were enormous because we were in a national showcase. We were in the Made in Scotland showcase for the first time. And we had press booked for the opening night. And the financial and relationship and industry fallout was enormous if I canceled our first few shows, but that was what it looked like I was gonna have to do. And my crew were busted, like they had worked so hard, like we got that show up by everybody giving everything. And then this happened, and they just didn't have anything left. So I didn't really use social media then, like Danny Ray at the venue had shown me how to use Twitter about four days before, and I had a Facebook account, so I put up a message that just said, hey, poor boy supporters, if there's anybody out there, you know, the weather has taken out our set and we are opening in less than 48 hours and if you're able to help it would be great to see you tomorrow and I didn't you know expect a big resource because to be on response because to be honest you know it was week zero of the fringe and everybody I knew was in production with their own fringe show or on a break because they weren't doing the fringe that year I mean people don't have a lot of capacity and time so I got up the next day really knowing that you know, I was probably going in to shut the show down, and maybe for the first time in my creative life, I had hit some place where I couldn't just push through. And then I got to the venue. It was like the scene that you see in a movie because I got to the venue and there was all these people queuing at the gates waiting to get in to help. So I didn't even, I didn't recognise half these faces. I knew some people. I didn't know everybody. To this day, there are people that I, who came and worked on sites that I wasn't at. And when I came back to the site, everything had been done and I never knew who the person was that helped, but I remember um, Robin Lane and Keith Fleming dragging these huge ladders around on their day off from Fire Exit, the Fire Exit show that was in The Next Space, and putting up all these posters. Um, I remember Elaine Stirrett, who was in my company, couldn't come, but she said, I've sent you these three fantastic glasses and they'll help. So these amazing teenagers showed up with this this incredible hair and makeup that she'd sent and and they worked all day. And, you know, there were um, actresses like Lorna Gold. I don't even know what show Lorna was in that year. And Danny Ray, who was running the venue at the time, was up to her eyeballs with other things but every time she had a free half an hour on her staff schedule she would send the team member down to us and then she just showed up and brought us all food and didn't ask for a penny so by the end of the day every the artworks were repaired on the three sets and the seat the three sites and we'd mended 35 pieces of set and props and we were ready to go like we had gone from it being a complete disaster to we were absolutely ready to open the next morning. So the next day we open, the culture show visited us, we had press in, we got five stars, we had a fantastic fringe. And and none of them had any idea of what an amazing communal effort of like support and commitment had actually gotten us there. And I, as a theatre maker, have never felt more humble or more supported by my community. I think in my career, it was an amazing, amazing thing. 11 years ago, nine years ago, today august 2000 fringe 2011 and really one of the things that i was reflecting on today it came up on my facebook memories and i had an entire day that i was meant to do but i had to stop because i was busy having a cry Um. But, you know, at a time like this when, you know, theatre people are facing such an impossible future and everyone has had work cancelled and knows the panic attack, heartbreak that comes with that, and they're dealing with these circumstances that, like the weather, is just so far beyond our control. It's really important to remember that as a community, really our currency is determination and care. It is isn't money. I mean, you need the money and people have to pay you well, but the thing that actually makes this stuff happen is the community of theatre makers and the fact that what we do is we care more about what we do and we are more determined to see it happen than any normal person would be.
0: Thank you to Sandy for sharing that remarkable story and you can also share a story if you have any fringe memories or festival memories or memories of your times in Edinburgh in August you can get in touch using the message button on the Anchor FM page uh, please use it and drop me a line I'd love to hear from you uh, until tomorrow when there's another episode Take care and cheat you for now.